playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Well, we made it to episode six. Welcome to On The Board Podcast. I am, well, I guess we have a different host because Colby isn't here today. (laughs) No, he he didn't make it. He didn't make it. So uh, Jesse's here. Lance Dahl is here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Can we say why Colby's not here? Uh, Yeah, it's on social media now. Right? They did make it Facebook official. Yeah, yeah, it's it's out there. And he got himself engaged over the weekend. Grats, mate. Yeah. So I mean, now you know when you when you have, when you do that when you get engaged, uh-huh. now all the schmoozing begins. Yes, right? you have to talk to all the family members, and they all have to say, "Oh, congratulations!" You know all that. Fun. You make all the phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, like ten minutes in, you're you're done with. You yeah, don't right? care anymore. You're just yeah. peopled out. <laughs> yeah, and really. then the wedding happens, and then it's twice as bad. Yeah, but but in any case, congrats. Yeah, congrats. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, very <laughs> exciting time. Speaking of exciting, this episode six got a lot of stuff. Uh, we'll bounce back from the Kawhi move, and uh, you have some stuff on Paul George as well that we'll get into. Also, NHL, still quite a few RFAs and UFAs unsigned. We'll also get your thoughts on the Tyson Berry deal since we couldn't get that last week. And uh, the MLB, we are at the, I guess, unofficial halfway point because uh, some teams have played anywhere between... 85 to 92 games, depending. I uh, got some numbers for you on some uh, betting lines that you may like down the road. But we will start with the NBA as the Clippers do land Kawhi. Andrew Sharp of Sports Illustrated was writing a piece today that uh, with all the moves and everything that the Clippers and the league as a whole are pretty wide open. And uh, I, I don't think Andrew Sharp is incorrect in that, no? It's No, I think that, I mean, if you're an NBA fan right now, you're very excited for next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that West and East, for that matter, is so evenly matched yeah. that it is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, there's a lot going on and a bunch of different, I guess, angles we can look at it. Of course, uh, the Clippers landing Kawhi and Paul George in what was a massive, massive Hall that OKC got in return. I mean, just pulled the rug from everybody who was following Kawhi Watch. Yeah. How many of these NBA quote unquote insiders were saying the Clippers are out? It's between the Lakers, it's between the Raptors, and it could have been for that. Like for all we know, Kawhi Leonard was the mastermind behind this, kind of baiting the Lakers, yeah. saying, you know what, you guys are in, Toronto's in, but you know, side door deal. He's sitting there talking to Paul George, saying, Hey, you gotta talk to OKC, you gotta demand a trade. Yeah. Come to the Clippers with me and let's change this league. Well, and Kawhi was kind of pulling a lot of strings with the Clippers to it. He was really pushing the Clippers into making this deal because he, I think, was pretty well committed to going to the Clippers now, looking back on it. And I think just a lot of the time that it took between free agency opening to when he made his announcement was based on the Clippers and OKC coming to a deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. The thing is, I wonder if he did tell Toronto, listen, I, I'll, I would consider if you're able to get another big name because all of a sudden that Saturday morning, I was reading reports that Toronto was talking to OKC to land Westbrook. Yeah. So all of a sudden you got Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. That changes everything. And I think... I don't know what was going on between both sides. Maybe, you know, the Clippers are saying, oh, you're in for that deal? Well, how about you take this first-round pick and this first-round pick and this first round until they had to say yes. But it could have been just a bidding war between those two teams all morning long with the Lakers sitting there waiting for their phone to ring. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say. Like, the more I read stuff and the more that people come out with factual information because now that the... 
movements all been kind of confirmed. It, it sounds more and more like the Raptors weren't really going to land Kawhi. And it sounds like Kawhi really wanted to go to the Clippers, hence why he's there now. Well, I mean, the Clippers want the Clippers were scouting his games yeah. when he was still playing for San Antonio. Yeah, right. Yeah. They were trying to butter him up for that. It's uh, true. The moment that he was able to get out of San Antonio, he kind of hinted, you know, I want to go to L.A. Right. So. In any case, we're here now. Uh, what was it that you had on Paul George? Well, Paul George, uh, now this is all reports, right? Reportedly cheated on his new coach's daughter with a Miami stripper. Now, George has just been traded Ooh-wee. to the Clippers. And Doc Rivers, of course, is the coach there. George, at one point in his career, dated Doc Rivers' daughter, but then cheated on her with a stripper. Yikes. And then the stripper got knocked up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all. I mean, I think uh, I think her name's Callie or Kathy. I think Callie Rivers. I think she's engaged to uh, Steph Curry's brother now, so she likes NBA players. Right. But I mean, that's got to be an awkward first meeting. Yeah. When, when you meet the new coach. Hey, and, coach. Hey, coach. Remember what I did to your daughter? How's your daughter doing? <laughs> How's that engagement? Yeah. <laughs> she, is she happy? Um, the one final thing on what this all means. It's very disheartening for I think Raptors fans and what's becoming a lot of Canada as I think most of us really got wrapped up in the Raptors and started to jump on the bandwagon for one reason or another uh, mainly Kawhi but it's tough now when you real really your only recruitment tool was to trade for a guy give him a year and say this is how we're going to keep him right you show him the facilities you show him the fans you show him the city you show him everything and you say over the course of a year we'll even give you half the games off We'll do load management, and you still aren't able to keep them. That's almost the biggest thing to me moving forward. It'll be interesting to see how the Clippers maintain his work schedule. Like, will we see Kawhi Leonard get injured more often because the Clippers don't know how to use him, like the Raptors did? The only way that this could work out for the Toronto Raptors, because right now they went from being champions to, if you look at that team, that is not a championship-caliber team. That's a team that'll maybe get 6th or 7th in the East, but probably a first-round exit. Right. The only way this could work for the Toronto Raptors is if now they are serious about getting Russell Westbrook. Because right now, now, Westbrook has to be so pissed off at the organization of Oklahoma that he just wants out. He's been so loyal. He was there for the Kevin Durant years. Durant left. He said, listen, you build this team around me. I'll be your guy. And then all of a sudden, Friday night, he's hearing rumors that they want to trade him. Yeah. So he's got to be livid. He's got, I think he's got, what, four years left? Three years left on his contract? Yeah, he's got a while. Why not start over, maybe go to Toronto, because... The only other way I see this works, I mean, maybe Westbrook goes to Miami with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, for some reason, thinks he can carry the team by himself. <laughs> or, and this could be really scary, uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. If he went to Milwaukee, man. There's a lot of options. There's a bunch of different things that could happen with Westbrook, but it'll be interesting from a Raptors perspective to see what they do because after this year, they get a lot of money off the books and yeah. they'll be able to, I guess, retool, rebuild, doesn't really matter what they're going to do. They're going to do some kind of re-something in any case. Uh, it's interesting, though, from Bet365, the Clippers now the favorites at 14-5. Oh, to 5, That was the next is, question I was going to ask you. Yeah. It's a very stupid odd total. It's horrible. 14-5. to 5. Do you think that the Clippers are now better than the Lakers? Uh, probably, just based off of last year and the pieces they still have. I, w- I would assume, I, mean, I would I, say the Clippers are better. The Lakers missed out on Kawhi Leonard 
But I, I didn't think they did a horrible job with the remaining free agents. Danny Green. Yeah. They went and got uh, Rondo's back. They had DeMarcus Cousins, too. DeMarcus Cousins for a one-year deal. Yeah. And now I'm hearing that LeBron James could be uh, the point guard on the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, that, okay, that's, that's interesting. That's his team. Let him do whatever he wants. I mean, he kind of is the point guard in any case. He just gets the ball and does what he wants. Oh, yeah. But uh, but actually, the Lakers are 15-4. to four. So it kind of breaks down. like The Clippers are 3.8-1. to one. And the Lakers are second to them at 4.75 to 1 odds. I also got Utah up there, too. I would say Utah's the yeah. third or a fourth, eh? Yeah, yesterday that was my pick. Yeah. Or not yesterday, sorry, last week. Uh, that was the team that I really think can impress and do really well. I don't think they've gotten any worse. They're actually at 15 to 1 right now and uh, at 10 to 1 to win the Western Conference, which seems like a pretty decent bet if you want to splash around some money with futures. Uh, that's what I got from Bet365. You can go to a bunch of different places and look up whatever kind of odds you want. It's funny, the Raptors dropped from 20, uh, 225 to 1. Isn't it amazing how one player can change the odds like that? Wild. Has Wild. anyone checked in on Drake? <laughs> How's he holding up with all this? I think he's okay. Is I don't okay? know. I don't know for sure, but I think he's okay. Man, also, he's got to be just in a corner somewhere in the fetal position, just oh, crying. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Some other decent odds that you can look at if you're like me and are a degenerate gambler. Uh, the Portland Trail Blazers are at sixteen to one to win mm-hmm. the West. They were good last year. A little bit more opened up. I know some teams got a lot better, but you can splash around in Portland. And uh, also, this one's going to sound really crazy, but Luka Doncic. To win the NBA MVP, really, he's at fifty to one, like real good odds. You'll pay out big time, even just splashing ten bucks on him. And they're gonna get Kristaps Porzingis back. They're gonna get a bunch of, I guess, fresh faces in the building. Yeah. And if even if they make the playoffs, of Mavericks this year, I think that Doncic could have a look at uh, potentially getting some MVP votes. That West is gonna be fun to watch. You still got Houston in there. I think the Nuggets beefed up a little bit. Yep. Yeah, there's some different spots. And, yeah. And speaking of beefing up, we'll move over to the Leafs. We didn't get your opinion on it last week, but the Leafs did beef up that back end as they got Tyson Berry along with Alex Kerfoot in a 2026 round pick for Nazem Kadri, Callie Rosen, and a 2023rd. The Avs, which might be one of the biggest keys in all of this, are going to retain half of Berry's salary for this year. It is one year left, uh, so the Leafs are going to pay right around uh, 2.75-ish million. What were your thoughts when you saw the trade? You know what? If you look at the the year last year that the Leafs had, they were scoring goals, but they sucked on defense. Their yeah, defense was horrible. Time. Whether it was on the power play, penalty kill, they had bad defense. Mm-hmm. They've always had issues with Kadri. I, I feel like the coaching staff, the GMs, they're not fans of the way Kadri plays. Right. I think this is a great deal for Toronto. Barry's yeah. a guy who last year played 78 games. He was only out for, what, four games. He had 14 goals, 45 assists, 59 points, and that is what we lacked on the blue line last year. There was too much on Gardner and Morgan. Now they're able to transition, I think, a little bit better. Yeah, it, he fits. He He's essentially a better version of Jake Gardner. 100%. Is kind of what they're getting. Uh, but it's interesting because it came out today that Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun saying, that Tyson Berry on his next deal, which uh, will come up at the this time next year, eight years and sixty four million. Quick math, that's an eight million dollar AAV. Well, thanks for playing one year. You think so? Yeah. You don't if, think if if they are serious, and I did hear today, obviously it didn't happen that they were going to offer Marner eleven mil, and they were going to have two hundred thousand to play with. Um, if they want to keep the big three, they cannot. Not if you have Morgan. Riley coming up that you need to pay money for. This guy is a great defender. 
not worth $8 million in my opinion. Well, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that Riley is locked down for the next little bit. So I think they're okay there. Are they? Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, and I did some digging into next season. The Leafs will clear about $17 million bucks off the books uh, next year alone. But if Barry is taking eight, ah, and let's say they bring him in, that's 11. And then who you need to find four other defensemen because next year four, oh, four or five D come up yeah. uh, as free agents. So it's kind of a interesting spot. I would assume that the Leafs, if they're trading for Tyson Barry, aren't going to go and make the trade and then only take him as like a one year yeah. rental. I mean, that was, I'm looking right now. You're right. Uh, Morgan Riley's locked up till 2022, 20, 23. Yeah. That's when he'll be a free agent. But he got Cody Cece, who's making four and a half right now. So you almost want to wait and see how he does. Jake Muzzin, who's been a huge addition. He's making right. four mil right now. He's going to want a payday. Tyson Berry, 2.75 with the Leafs right now. That's a big jump to go from that to eight mil. So I, I think it's all going to depend on the numbers he puts up. Yeah, it's just, I, I can't see them making the trade to bring him in and then only give him a year. I would assume that if they're bringing in a guy like Tyson Berry, they expect to keep him or they're going to do everything they can to keep him. Uh, Cody Cece making $4.5 million is absolutely mind-blowing. Yep. The fact that he's making more money than Jake Muzzin is disgusting. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts on the almost trade with Calgary. Not sure if you saw it, but it's been reported that uh, the Leafs would have gotten TJ Brody and Mark Jankowski, and in return, the Flames would have gotten Nazem Kadri and Connor Brown. It didn't go through because Kadri had a modified no-trade clause. He nixed the deal. Oh. I know, and I can speak for probably 90% of Flames fans, they would have loved that trade because uh, Brody's basically the Flames yeah. version of Jake Gardner. Yeah. But would that have made any difference in your mind? Because then you're getting essentially, instead of Barry and Kerfoot, you get Brody and Jankowski. I kind of, I don't really know a lot about this Kerfoot kid. I, from what he I've read, he can be pretty good. I don't mind Brody. I think he could have been a big addition. I, I think we just need something new on that blue line. Right. And I think that it was time for Kadri to be done because Kadri just, he's very hot and cold. And I, I just think that, is to, he hey, he helped the Leafs a lot, and I think it was time for him to start somewhere fresh. So you wouldn't rather one trade or the other? Just no, I, happy I kinda, that there was a yeah, change? Yeah. That's I think fair. Barry or Brody, I, to me, I really would be happy with either or. Right, right. Well, uh, there's a lot of RFAs that are still unsigned. You were mentioning Mitch Marner. Um, the Who knows when that's going to get done. But this list is ridiculous. Braden Point, Miko Rantanen, Matthew Kachuk, Brock Besser, Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Truba, Kyle Connor. Patrick Line, Jordan Bennington, Zach Orensky, and I'm going to throw in Jacob Vrana into this list out of Washington because I feel like he's a reasonable offer sheet candidate. Whoa, he, is this real? Cam Ward? Cam Ward's a UFA. Okay. Yeah, Cam Ward <laughs> is a UFA as we speak. Um, a couple weeks ago, I said I think there's going to be multiple offer sheets. We were talking about it, and I think there's going to be multiple. We've had one. Do we see another? Well, I did see on Facebook today uh, that... Marner could be getting an offer sheet, and the rumor was it could be coming from the Islanders. Maybe. It's just that's so much to give away. I know. And and do you think it's because the Islanders are still pissed about Tavares? Maybe. Dang, that would would add a little bit of a wrinkle to it, wouldn't it? Yeah, that they decide, you know what, well, we have the money. If you guys haven't haven't done anything yet, why don't we give him an offer sheet? We'll give him the 11 mil that he wants. Hell, we'll give him 11.5, or we'll give him 12. Yeah, that would be... That would be very interesting if 
if the Islanders went down, down that road. I never really thought about it. The only team that I keep thinking about is the Montreal Canadiens because they've proven they'll do it. They did it with Sebastian Ajo and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes match that. Oh, yeah. Carolina's pissed about that, too. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Carolina maybe come back with the offer sheet on Domi when Domi's a free agent. Maybe. Right? <laughs> These offer sheets, man, it's all about revenge afterwards. If, if you're going to offer sheet me, I'm going to get you right back. Yeah. I, there's just there's so many targets. Oh, excuse me, for teams that could potentially offer sheet, like Sam Bennett in Calgary is another one that could get one. Yeah. There's so many different places that teams can go to for RFAs. But, uh, is it right a little here. surprising that some of these signings haven't happened yet? Like, what are we waiting for? A little bit. A little bit. It's Like, in Toronto's case, Dubas has sit there and he's moneyballed this entire thing. He, he's done amazing with the money. Why, yeah. why haven't we heard about an offer yet? Well, what the hell could we be waiting for? Is there know. more? Is he now, a, in a perfect world, he'd be trying to get Nylander out of here now. Yeah. If you get Nylander out there, free up that $6.9 million. Yeah, man. There, there's, there's so many different options that the Leafs and Kyle Dubas can turn to. I, I think they have to do something. Yeah. Like, I, I think you just look at their cap. They have to do something. But I don't know where about that comes. And, and that's not surprising when we had the week-long or 10-day courting period before free agency opened to kind of get into this now. It's not surprising that there's a bit of a lull because a bunch of teams would have talked to a bunch of guys and those top-tier guys, whether it was in the RFA or the UFA market, I guess U- RFA might be a little bit different, but the, especially the UFA market, those guys are now gone. And so I think a lot of teams are starting to kind of pull back a little bit, have maybe a few conversations with just a couple guys, but there's still a lot of UFAs out there. Yeah. Like Jake Gardner, we were talking about. He's still on the market. And it, Isn't it, Zingle still out there too? The Zingle's out there as well. And uh, Michael Furlan, Joe Thornton, Justin Williams. Yeah, Thornton and Marlowe. How come they haven't re-signed in San Jose? I think Thornton's just a matter of time. I, I think... Yeah, I think he'll get a, a one-year, maybe two or three mil. Not he's, even. He's not, he's <laughs> not taking big money. He just wants to play. And I think the same could be said for Marlowe. Yeah. You can get both those guys, put them on a second or third line. They're not paying them a lot, but they're going to get you goals. Well, speaking of not paying a lot, did you see RFA Kevin LeBanc signed to a one-year, $1 million deal with the San Jose Sharks? Oh. That's like a 55-point guy. He has the worst agent in the hockey. <laughs> How did you only get $1 million for one year? Is he a younger guy? Yeah. Like 23, I think he is. Really? I have no clue... Why wouldn't you in lock him up for a couple then? I, 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 I don't know. He's going to take one for one. You could have done three for three. I have no idea. I was in a group chat with a couple of my friends today talking about it, and we have no idea why why it could even be a one-year, $1 million deal for Kevin LeBanc, but that's out there. So who knows? Maybe that is because the Sharks have ideas of getting Marlowe and Thornton on one year. Maybe. Similar to $1 million deals. It's hard to say. Uh, out of the UFAs, is there anyone that you think is leaning to one team or another, whether it's Gardner, Dezingle, Furland, uh, Pat Maroon's out there, Brian Boyle, Derek England? Is there anyone out there that you kind of say, you know, maybe they match up with one team better than another? Well, I mean, I'm also looking at a guy like Nicholas Cronwall. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I know he's 38 years old. Uh, but he's he's productive. Like, how many years has he led Detroit in defensive categories? Yeah, pretty well every year still since Lindstrom's like, been gone. I think he's still playing, what, 20 to 22 minutes yeah, a game? I, I think it's been pulled back lately, but he was for a long time. And he's uh, still a very solid defensive defenseman. I would I would like to see him probably end in Detroit. Right? Like, if yeah. he went back to Detroit to kind of end it? Yeah, it, it's weird that he's out there and that Detroit hasn't gotten him yet. That's... Kind of strange. I Same think with uh, Dion. 
Yeah, what, Dion's out there too. What beer league uh, team is Dion going to play for? <laughs> Coming to the Irvin Sports <laughs> Complex, Dion Phaneuf. Uh, someone's going to pay him too, though. Like someone will pay him to be a sixth or seventh defenseman. And uh, could you see him going back to Toronto or Calgary? No, no, no. Definitely not Calgary. They they don't have a need for defensemen. Definitely. I mean, the I, Leafs I would maybe, like to but, say no, but I think the Leafs could. If you look at some of those guys that are not even making a million, it's a very young. I mean, defensive. they have. Do they have Ron Hainsey locked up yet? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's Ron Hainsey who really really cares that much. No offense, Ron Hainsey, but would you take not that great? Dion or Hainsey? Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, probably Dion. It's kind of lose lose. Hainsey, you maybe get for less. What? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of a coin flip, really. <laughs> um, there was a like Ryan Dezingle. You mentioned him earlier. He like, it wouldn't be surprising to see him get like four and a half mil AAV, and I could see him going to a team like Philly or St. Louis. Patrick Maroon, interesting. A lot of teams up here because it sounds like he's been linked to the Flames and Oilers. Really? I think yeah. I think neither one of those happens. I'm thinking Maroon ends up going back to St. Louis too. Yeah. And uh, another one, speaking of the Oilers, they need to add some pieces with what money, I'm not sure, but they need to add somebody and I feel like Brian Boyle can do it for them. Really good on face-offs. Very, uh, very sound defensively can kill penalties and that's something that the Oilers as a collective cannot do. I don't know if they can afford him. No. I don't know I don't think think Boyle's going to take a huge pay cut to play for the Oilers. Well, yeah, if it comes down to not playing hockey or playing with the Oilers, it's probably a coin flip. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really sure where he leans. Uh, should we flip to baseball? Yeah. Exciting times. Uh, man, oh, man, there, these, there's so many different angles that we can look at, so I just kind of opened it up. We'll say your biggest surprise up to the All-Star game so far. Uh, to be honest, and it's mostly because I am a fan of them, is the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. They are the defending World Series champions, and I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a team that would be a dynasty and would win championship after championship after championship, but the hitting core has been the almost the exact same. They yep. added a couple young guys uh, that's been working out for them. There's no Steve Pierce right now. There's no Mitch Moreland. Rafael Devers is going off though. Rafael Devers and Christian Vasquez, like those <laughs> yeah. are two guys yeah. that, in my opinion, should be a part of the All Star game. Christian Vasquez? He's one of the hottest hitting catchers in the game right now. Him and Brian McCann in uh, Chicago for the American League are probably two of the hottest hitting catchers right now. Yeah, they just picked McCann over Vasquez. Of course over he did. Vasquez. Yeah. Well, Vasquez doesn't well, have to be a Don't get about Vasquez. Vasquez is, is doing really well right now. Uh, the pitching staff, I mean, for the starting pitching, Price is doing his thing. Price has been really Sale good. has not been good. He's even admitted that he sucks. He's got a, yeah. a low ERA, <laughs> yeah, but they're not hitting for him. Porcello, I know you'll like this. He has been sucking this year. Trash. Eduardo Rodriguez has been kind of the second. Trash. I like Eduardo. Then they can't find that fifth starter, which the rumor is today they're going after Zach Wheeler in New York. Saw that. So are the Yankees, which is very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. And to see Evaldi now be the closer role, it's going to be, I hope they have a oh, better gosh. second half. But I have to say that is the most surprising because I didn't expect them halfway through to be third in the AL East right now. They make a trade for for some kind of pitcher, right? Whether it's a starter or a reliever or both. Yeah. They, they make a trade before have July to. 31st, right? Yeah, have to. Um, they're in my biggest disappointment category, the Red Sox are. My yep. biggest surprise for a positive, I think everyone can agree the Minnesota Twins, 56-33, and 33, sure. they lead the AL Central. Tied for the league lead, and I'm talking all of Major League Baseball, 509 runs scored, tied with the Boston Red Sox. Yep. As you said, Boston's offense not a problem. Uh, however, I, I, I don't expect 
it's a last for the Twins. I feel like the Indians are going to continue to reel them in in what's a very weak AL Central, and it's just a matter of time before the Indians catch up. Uh, I had a second one. Sure. Uh, sorry, the Molson Canadians kicking yeah. in. Oh, getting to me. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> oh, huge surprise. I mean, they shouldn't be, though. No, it was a matter of time, right? They have so much young talent, and they always get these young prospects because they suck every year, that it was a matter of time. (laughs) That's true. They've been really good for quite a while, though. Like, they've been, I shouldn't say real good, but they've been better than people give them credit for. They're 52-39. and They're uh, six and a half games back of the Yankees, because who isn't? But they're in the first wildcard spot, and they're probably a team that can hang on to it because they've shown over the last few years that they can play this way. It's it's weird to say or weird to see rather that they only have like Blake Snell and Charlie Morton as yeah. real starters. Yeah. And yet they have a team that's super deep in the bullpen obviously because they have openers like every game and they have a team that just buys into what they're doing and they buy into uh, I believe it's manager Kevin Cash and what he does. Uh, so it's really interesting to see the Rays do what they do and I'm hoping that they're able to make a run. Uh, it, the whole NL East is a little um, surprise, surprising for me. I, I didn't really expect at this point that the Braves would be first. Braves got a great team, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But, I mean, Philadelphia adding Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Nola. Who's the other hitter that they have? They uh, added JT Real Muto. Yep. Uh, Hoskins. We added, well, they have Reese they, Hoskins. Yeah, yep. and that one-two punch. I honestly thought that the Phillies would be number one in the NL East. Then, as crazy as it sounds, I kind of thought the Mets would be a little bit better. Pitching-wise, they should be. They should be. I mean, they got that Alonzo guy who's jacking bombs. Yeah, Frazier's a good hitter. Yep. I just I kind of expect them to be a little bit better than 13 and a half games back. Braves, I mean, you got that Acuna kid. You got Josh Donaldson that you signed for one year, 20-some million, million dollars. Great pitching staff. It's just really surprising to see them in first place right now. Especially even the Nationals, when you lose a guy like Harper... Yet you're still in second place right now. Yeah, the Nationals, uh, I'll dive into it in a second. They're very interesting. And I think that people shouldn't sleep on the Nationals. No. They got some They got some real good pieces. But it's funny you mentioned the Mets. They're also listed as one of my biggest disappointments. I mean, they're 40 and 50 with a team that has Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and Zach Wheeler as three of your five starting pitchers. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, the problem is kind of like what it is for Boston. The Mets' bullpen is absolute ass. And it shouldn't be. They have Juris Familia. And Edwin Diaz at the back of their bullpen. Oh, yeah. They should be able to close games out. Easy. Nope. Just another year of Mets being Mets. I also forgot they have Robinson Cano, which yeah. I know he's a little bit older, yeah. but I mean, he's still a guy that's hitting the ball well. I mean, Jeff McNeil's on their team. He's an all-star. He d- never doesn't oh, make yeah, contact. Steven Matz is a, is a starter, too. Yeah, he's listening their pen right now, though. I feel is like they're, they put he's him just in getting relief innings. Yeah. But uh, Bet365... Back to being a degenerate. No, go for it. The LA Dodgers, most, uh, or I guess best odds to win the World Series at 11 to 4, again with the sweet numbers. That means on $10, you would get 37.50 in return. Hmm. That's a heavy favorite. Dodgers are doing very well. Their pitching staff, uh, I know a little bit ago, was pretty much first place in almost every category mm-hmm. ERA, wins, lot. Uh, saves, all that stuff. Like they were, they were doing really well. Yeah, the Dodgers want to add another bullpen arm. For sure. I think they want like a 1A, 1B with Kenley Jansen. I think they will look into getting Will Smith from the Giants, but if anyone who knows baseball knows that the Giants and Dodgers don't exactly get along. It's hard. 
So I don't know if that's going to happen, but that wouldn't surprise me. The Yankees' second favorite at 10 to 3. So $10 gets you a 43 and change Which makes return. Because they're hitting the ball like just nuts. And then some interesting ones you mentioned the Phillies. They're at 22 to 1. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays at 22 to 1. The and Nationals. No way the Rays win the World Series. No, probably not, but it's fun to bet on them anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Nationals and Red Sox both at 25 to 1 at uh, Bet365. You can shop around, find your best odds. But I'm going to throw a wild one out there at you. Don't think I'm crazy until. I give you the reason, okay? Okay. At eighty to one, the San Diego Padres. Listen, Padres are five hundred right now. They get out. They get have a good month, and all of a sudden be on top or second in that NL West, getting the wild card. They are not going to win the NL West. No. I think we can all agree that. But though, they a, could get that wild card. It's a very, very super long shot, but. As of right now, just two games back of a wild card spot. And what's super interesting to me is against teams above 500, teams that are really good, they're 26 and 19. They're fourth best in the MLB against teams above 500. Isn't that frustrating? And then they lose to the shitty teams. That means they're losing to the shitty teams. Exactly. They're losing to the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, because who isn't? Yeah. I mean, they have Chris Davis. They're great. Um, <laughs> but. The Padres, if they can just win the games they're supposed to win, they're able to keep this clip against above 500 teams, they're going to make the playoffs. And once you get in, you never know what's going to happen. At 80-1, to 1, the San Diego Padres are a very good bet. I would splash some money. Hell, I'm going to splash some money on that. And the other one, we mentioned them earlier, the Washington Nationals. Their starters of uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. Oh, my God. It's been incredible. Those are three ridiculous starters, and that's really what you need when you get into the playoffs. If the Nationals can get in at 12 to 1 just to win the National League, I would splash around on that. 12 to 1, the Nationals to win the NL with uh, three of the best starters in the game. I'm looking at that, uh, that roster for the Padres right now, just since you mentioned yeah. it. You you may be on to something, my friend, because, of course, Manny Machado at third base signed that ridiculous contract. And he hasn't had the best of years. Nope. But you know he'll get hot eventually, right? He should. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's been fun to watch. Yep. I forgot Ian Kinsler's at second base, who's not the greatest hitter, but he's a good defensive yeah, second base. Yeah, he still has a glove. Uh, Eric Hosmer, who gets still jack bombs. He's been hitting very well. Then you got, I forgot about that Renfro. Hunter Renfro. He's putting up numbers too, isn't power he? power hitter. Yeah, and they also have Fran Mil Reyes in right field right behind him, I believe. And I forgot, like, I mean, they have uh, Yates as their closer, that Stammen, uh, Paul Contrell's kid is pitching Calf, for them as yeah. well. They just That's the thing that the Padres are really missing right now is some top-end starters. Well, they'll if, get it because I think Richards comes back off the 60-day DL. Uh, Aaron Loop, former Blue Jay. Loop! I think he'll be off the DL shortly. He'll add to their bullpen. Yeah, they, it's... Very interesting. And who to, knows? To see. Maybe this is the team that lands Marcus Stroman at the trade deadline. People have the said Padres the Yankees love to bring people in. They love to spend money, right? And why? How many wins do they have right now? Padres? Yeah, I think they're forty-five and forty-five. Brad Hand has thirty saves. Really? Thirty. They're playing a lot of close games. They oh. they they just need some starters, and, and they're probably set to make a run, oh, which man. is weird to say wouldn't because the Padres are the Padres. Wouldn't Stroman? Be a good fit in San Diego? Yeah, actually he would be. He'd be playing in a pitcher's park. Yeah. I mean, in a hitter's park, his numbers are still really good. And the Padres don't lack prospects. No. like They have a lot of guys that they could send away as guys who are probably three through seven in the Padres. If they could like give the Jays some pitching prospects, easy deal. There's a very real possibility that the Padres look at 
Marcus Stroman. I don't know how invested they're going to be, just considering they are 45 and 45, and I don't I know what they're... I think that's the perfect time. Yeah. Because now you know you need to add. You yeah. know that you probably won't get the 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 West, no. but I mean, you can make a run for that wild card, and if you're the hottest team and you win the wild card, be scared of that team. It's just very tough in the NL because it, it, unlike the AL where there's really only about three or four teams even in a wild card race, the NL, there's so many teams involved. Like the entire NL Central. Oh, could, that Central is ridiculous. Like I think from first to last in the Central is and is four and a half games. Yeah, it's, it's very tight in the NL. So maybe they don't look at it. Uh, we won't dive into it too much, but... MLB All-Star Game, of course, Like as we're recording the Home Run Derby's going tonight, enjoy. There's people hitting home runs on juice baseballs. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I, I just, I'm well, over it. Yeah. Like, it, everyone that I've talked to today is excited about it and is excited while no, watching it as we speak because I, of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and I get it. He's well, that's ripping off spot. bombs. Yeah, that's I the bright it. spot for the, the Blue Jays. But I have not watched a home run derby since they changed the format. I do not like that they give you four minutes to jack as many home runs as you want. That's not how it should be. <laughs> you should get 10 outs. Right. That's what I, that's what I remember. Schoolyard rules. Yeah. Chris Berman making the call. Back, 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 Oh, back. yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, oh. just loving that. Put that on a loop. But... I don't like that these guys are sitting there for four minutes straight swinging and swinging and swinging. That's got to be hard for the fans. Hell, it's hard for the cameraman to even follow along on TV because you're trying to see, did that go? Did that go? Oh, by the time I'm watching to see where that lands, the guy's already hit two others. Stop it. Just leave it at 10 outs and then start over when you go into the next round. Get another 10 outs. Clean Another slate. 10 outs. That's how a home run derby should be. You, if it's if, if the guy in front of me gets five, and I get six in the round. Yep. Don't make these guys continue to hit and hit and hit. They're gonna burn themselves out. Yeah. Well, I think they do. They do end the round if the second guy beats the first guy. But I get what you're saying about four minutes, and then if you hit some over like 700 feet, you yep. get another 30 seconds, whatever it might be. Uh, in any case, you can let us know in the comments on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the board pod or on the board podcast. Type one, just search on the board podcast. Just do that. In any case, <laughs> drop a comment. Let us know what you think about the All Star Games home run derby setup. Uh, notably, not in the All Star game. We mentioned Manny Machado not having the best first half. So obviously, he did not get in. Bryce Harper, another one that did not get in. Uh, but the two that are more egregious, I think we can all agree on the first two. The ones I don't disagree with are Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg. We mentioned how the Nationals have three of the best starters in the game. Patrick Corman at 129 strikeouts in just 113 innings, a whip of 1.1, 13 quality starts, yet Sonny Gray is in the All-Star game. What? Hold on, there's more. Steven Strasburg, 138 Ks, so nine more than Corbin in three more innings. Uh, he has a 3.64 ERA, a whip just over one, 11 quality starts and 10 wins, but don't worry, guys. Brandon Woodruff is in the All-Star game. What? Joke. <sighs> I've, and we were talking about this. I mean, hold on. Brandon Woodruff is having a great year. Sonny Gray's being better than he was last year. To be fair, the bar was fucking low. Like, Sonny Gray could not have played any worse last year. There's still better people that could be in the All-Star game. Essentially. It's called the All-Star game. Essentially. And, you know I was going to be salty about Alexander Bogarts not getting in until he was named a reserve, so that's okay. Yeah, because he, we talked about this last time, he led, or he's leading... A lot of categories for shortstops. Yep. Yet he wasn't named to the roster at all. Someone had to be injured in yep. order for him to be a reserve. Yep. That which was I, I think I, I don't like that. Part I, of that was on the players uh, because for those who didn't know, there was a round of voting to vote for the top three each position excluding pitchers. 
So all your position players and for the AL and DH. They would all get votes, and then the top three would go into a 28-hour voting period called something silly about an election. <laughs> the starting election. I don't know. Um, it shows how much I care about the MLB All-Star right. game. Uh, in any case, the starters were all voted on by the fans. The reserves for position players and all the pitchers were voted on uh, between a player ballot and the commissioner's office. So the commissioner's office would essentially make sure that every team had a representative. Shout out Sandy Alcantara from the Miami Marlins. Glad that he's there. Um, so <laughs> the commissioner's office would make sure everyone had a team. The players would vote him in. That's kind of how that worked. Are we all clear on the MLB and the All-Star game? Sure. All right. Wrestling. What's going on in the wrestling world? Well, buddy, I got to tell you, uh, this is going to be a really big weekend for professional wrestling. Really? Yeah. Because... On Saturday, on the 13th, we are going to get AEW's next pay-per-view, Fight for the Fallen. And we're going to get Kenny Omega. Is it, a, is it a pay-per-view or is it a free-for-view like we had nope, a couple weeks ago? I think ago. this one, I believe this one is a legit uh, pay-per-view. They stated that all of the proceeds that come out of this event are going to be donated to victims of gun violence. Cool. So, Are there uh, unprotected chair shots? There could be. Okay. What a chair shot that I was. I know, that was wild. And that, I don't think that's on Sean Spears. I think that's on Rhodes for the way he turned his head. Yeah, if you want to see a, a crazy clip, it was trending on Twitter a little bit ago. Uh, just type in Cody Rhodes chair shot. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, now, anyway. Uh, this fight for the Fallen, uh, not not a gigantic thing, just something really cool that AEW is doing. Kenny Omega is facing Sima, who's a guy out of Japan. Cena? Nope, not that Cena. John Cena! Sima. Sima. Oh, Sima. Kind of like the knockoff of... Like oh, the president's choice. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be an interesting match. Then you got Cody and Dustin Rhodes against the Young Bucks. Mm. Young Bucks are good. Which could be interesting. Uh, Adam Page is going to be fighting. Chris Jericho's making an appearance. Uh, not a lot of huge namers. We're not going to get Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, if you will. Right. Uh, but, I mean, AEW, they've done really well for themselves every show that they've put on. Then Sunday night will be WWE's Extreme Rules. Is that going to be any good? Well, I'll tell you the card here. I, I, I don't know. I, I really want it to be because I look at this. Nine matches on the card. Okay. Ricochet and AJ Styles. Love Ricochet. Like, that just gets my pants tight right there. Oh. U.S. Championship on the line. That is going to be loops. a hell of a match. Then hard. Braun Strowman against Bobby Lashley in a last man standing match. That's gonna, that won't end soon enough. <laughs> no. No, uh, Alistair Black against uh, someone to be named. A lot of rumors saying it could be Bray Wyatt. You like Alistair Black, right? Love Alistair yeah. Black. If you watch any of his NXT matches, love him. Don't I think love, I had him at the Royal Rumble pool yeah, last year. Don't love that he's called up to the main roster because they don't know what to do with him. No. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan putting the tag team titles on the line against the New Day and Heavy Machinery. Could be an interesting match. Gulak and Tony Nese for the Cruiserweight Championship. Those Cruiserweights don't get enough no, recognition. No, they're some of the best parts of the card. They And it's always the pre-show, which uh-huh. pisses me off. Stupid. Bailey, Alexa Bliss fighting for the Women's Championship. Who wins that? <sighs> is there is there any leaks on, on how it's going to go? No. Maybe they give it back to Alexa Bliss. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because Bailey has it right now, right? Yeah. Forgive me. I don't. I haven't watched a Kofi few. Kingston and Samoa Joe could be very interesting. They, those two haven't fought each other. Then you get Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch against oh, Baron right. Corbin and Lacey Evans in a winner-take-all. It's a stupid match. And if they put the title on Baron Corbin... They're not gonna. People will riot. Winner-take-all means that Becky Lynch would also lose her title. And yeah. there's no way... Like, WWE can be dumb sometimes, not that dumb. Well, they did put the title on Jinder Mahal. 
And <laughs> and finally, Whoa. this will probably be the main event. I'm still scratching my head for the the whole storyline of this. Right. Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Wait, did you say this is the main event? This will probably be the main oh, event. Oh, probably. Okay. Against Roman Reigns and The Undertaker in a no-holds-barred tag match, which I hate because no-holds-barred means that they can they, they do holds anyways. What hold in wrestling is barred that this match needs to be a no-holds-barred? If it's no-holds-barred, does that mean that there's really no tag in the tag team? Shouldn't be. This is a You should be allowed already. to do pile drivers. Oh. Pile drivers are technically banned in WWE, but if no holds are barred, pile driver I'm away. doing pile driver all day. Just like a video game. All I'm going to do is pile driver. You can't tell the Undertaker not to pile drive. He's the only one because he's the Undertaker. Well, I, yeah. tell him. Yeah, that's exactly it. But I don't know if this card's going to be that exciting. No. I, I, mm, there, there's some. There's a couple flashes in there. I think the Ricochet and AJ Styles match. Oh. I, I, I would bet that that wins the card. That probably gets the best review. That'll get match of the night. Should. But, uh, Meltzer will give that at least four stars. Yeah. yeah there's, there's some decent matches on there. But it's a big weekend for wrestling, I'll tell you that. That's all I have. That's all I have. Wonderful. So. Well, thank you very much for spending episode, what did we just do, six? Six. Thanks for jumping in on episode six. We're clearly on top of things. Shout out to Molson Canadian for sponsoring yeah. episode six of On The Board Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at On The Board Podcast, uh, Twitter at On The Board Pod. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Apple, Google, wow. Spotify. We're everywhere. Yeah, wherever you listen to things, we're probably there, except at the Calgary Stampede. We're, we're not, not playing there. No. We got bumped. That's okay. Colby will be back next week. Join us then. Take care. Thanks for listening to On The Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes. Yes.